Chapter Thirteen of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thirteen, the tables turned. Haskins departed from Devonshire by the eleven fifty morning train from Paddington with a great sense of exultation. The necessity of immediate action appealed to his active brain and to his craving for romance that there was more than a spice of danger in the adventure to which he was committed added to his enjoyment notwithstanding his repudiation of todd's suggestion that murder might be the end of these things he took the precaution of carrying a revolver after all major rebb was being driven into a highly unpleasant corner and from what gerald knew of him he was not the kind of man to submit tamely to being beaten nor would he readily surrender six thousand a year he had enjoyed the luxuries of life too long to be content with the mere necessities and that was only human nature however haskins determined to beard the lion in his den which for the moment was geary's village inn gerald himself decided to remain at the prince's head silbury since the negro by rebb's orders might make himself highly disagreeable should the young man live under the sinister roof of the devon maid but haskins was not easily intimidated and even though the major and his underling joined forces to thwart him he felt quite equal to dealing with them collectively or separately right was on his side and gerald had an implicit belief that good was stronger than evil those who fought in the cause for which geary and rebb were fighting could not possibly triumph it was after four o'clock when haskins arrived in silbury and he repaired at once to the prince's head mrs jennings was glad to see him and gave him his old room he learned that rebb in his motor-car had gone two days previously to denley and had not returned to the little town he was visiting an elderly relative at leegarth said the landlady and gerald smiled when he noticed how persistently the major kept up the fiction to account for his presence in the neighbourhood while he was having afternoon tea he asked questions and learned to his surprise that bellaria was the elderly relative she is an italian said haskins on hearing this one of them nasty foreigners assented the plump hostess of course she is sir for i've seen her myself at times she comes to silbury for marketing and she went to london the other day coming back in a broken-up condition as you might say haskins smiled grimly he knew well what had broken bellaria up but she can't be any relative of major rebb he expostulated he is quite english mrs jennings irish begging your pardon sir but it's this way as the major told me himself when he stopped here for the night this miss bellaria's parents were italian and major rebb's were irish but his father died and her mother so her father married the major's mother which makes them a kind of sister and brother gerald shrugged his shoulders at this somewhat confused description and shook his head it may please rebb to call bellaria dondi his elderly relative he said quietly but in reality there is no relationship between them mrs jennings nodded in her turn and he ain't very kind to her she went on disapprovingly for she do look miserable when she comes out of that lunatic asylum as you might call it lunatic asylum haskins received a shock he had no idea that the rumour of mavis's insanity had spread so far as silbury but mrs jennings seemed to know all about it oh yes sir don't you know she remarked earnestly miss bellaria is said to watch that poor girl mavis durham who is quite mad who says that she is mad asked gerald heatedly every one replied the landlady vaguely why the major himself told me she was always wanting to kill people 
that is why she is shut up and watched by miss valeria it would never do sir for a lunatic like that to come out why we might all be murdered in our beds it was on the tip of haskins's tongue to deny the insanity of mavis for which mrs jennings vouched so staunchly but to do so would have led to an admission of his secret visits to the pixies house until he settled with reb he did not wish these to be known therefore he contented himself with another question have you ever seen miss durham lord no sir nor has any one else miss valeria keeps her safely within the grounds of that tumble-down house and a good thing too say i does the house belong to major reb no sir to that poor girl herself you see sir the durhams were a great family hereabouts for years but they all died out save one who went soldiering to india he was shot in the lungs some months after his marriage at simla to an english lady and came home to die he lingered a year and died at brighton and his wife oh she died in bombay when starting for england long before captain durham was shot that poor girl at the pixies house was born when her mother died so major Reb, who was a brother officer of captain durham took charge of her has miss durham any money i can't tell you that sir what i say is only what i have heard from time to time i believe that she has the old house of the durhams and enough money to keep her major Reb is a good kind gentleman to take such trouble over the poor thing many another gentleman would have shut her up in a lunatic asylum haskins smiled once more very significantly he quite believed that if reb could have shut up mavis as a lunatic he would have done so long ago but in the first place it would be difficult to get two doctors to certify to her insanity and in the second if the case became known the use of the girl's money by reb might be questioned the major had just made sufficient of the story public to save himself from awkward questions and gerald foresaw that to extricate mavis from her false position was a more difficult task than he had reckoned upon however notwithstanding that things looked thus black he held to his determination of having an explanation with major Reb, and as the evening was pleasant he walked to denley at his leisure there was more chance of catching the major at this hour since it was probable that he would always return to the devon maid for dinner as he was starting mrs jennings came up to him at the door if you see major Reb, sir she said in a low voice you might tell him that mr arnold has come back who is he asked gerald forgetting what mavis had said a small clever gentleman with a long beard who looked after that poor girl for a time he went away to some foreign port months ago but returned to this neighbourhood during the last two or three days i haven't seen mr arnold myself ended mrs jennings but others have seen him and i want the major to know why asked haskins looking at her keenly mr arnold behaved very badly to major Reb explained the landlady and went away without giving notice major Reb wants to see him and ask why he left him in the lurch as you might say i'll tell him said haskins nodding where is this mr arnold now i can't say sir save that he is in the neighbourhood haskins walked away pondering over what had been said he then remembered how mavis had called this dwarf arnold by the name of shaibar and said that he had gone to australia apparently he had acted as a kind of companion to mavis and possibly as a tutor although he had not been allowed by reb to teach his pupil reading or writing it occurred to gerald that the scholar was friendly to mavis 
in that case he certainly would be hostile to her guardian as he could not fail to know from personal observation that the girl was perfectly sane and was illegally detained the young man felt very certain that reb wished to see this mr arnold not to ask him questions as to the reason for his sudden departure some months back but to bribe him into silence regarding the truth i shall hunt up arnold thought gerald as he mounted the rising road to denley he may be able to help mavis and myself and heaven knows that we shall need all the help and friendship that we can obtain the evening was warm luminous and intensely still haskins did not hurry himself but sauntered through the lovely country enjoying its beauty in spite of his anxious state of mind in the depths of his heart he felt that everything would come right in the end and that he would some day be able to make mavis his dear wife they would then live happily ever afterwards just like a fairy tale still in fairy tales the lovers always have to undergo much woe and sorrow and danger before the end is reached and this fantasy of real life as gerald believed was to proceed much on the same lines dragons had to be overcome magicians thwarted enchanted castles had to be stormed but when these tasks laid upon the fated prince were accomplished he would awaken the princess to everyday life with a kiss and all the fairies would come to the nuptials the young man thought allegorically but there was a bitter truth enshrined in the symbols and fairy tales themselves are only fanciful pictures of life's mystery pain must be undergone before pleasure can be gained geary was absent when the traveller arrived at the devon maid and haskins was not sorry to hear this from mrs geary who received him the negro having learned from reb and valeria that the castle he had guarded was discovered would not be in the best of humours and would probably make himself disagreeable not that gerald had any fear of the man but he wished for an explanation with reb before any open quarrel took place the major as a civilized being would certainly be more reasonable than the negro is major reb in questioned gerald when mrs geary had told him of her husband's absence she did not say where he was as she apparently did not know and geary was not the man to permit questions yes sir he is having dinner in your old room i am sorry you can't have the room mr haskins but the major yes yes i understand said haskins impatiently take my card to major Rebb and say that i have come down from london to see him mrs geary did this in her stolid way and shortly returned to usher haskins into the well-remembered sitting-room here he was received somewhat stiffly by the man he had come to see and the landlady retired closing the door carefully after her reb looked thinner and more erect and more reserved than ever with a silent bow he pointed to a seat and waited to hear what gerald had to say considering the two men had already met frequently this reception was frigid but reb apparently wished to make haskins as uncomfortable as possible so that he might get the better of him if such was his object he failed to attain it for gerald anticipating this demeanour was quite cheerful and very observant the major having finished his meal lighted a cigar but did not offer one to haskins this was a sign of war and gerald accepted it as such you are surprised to see me he remarked keeping his eyes on reb's dark high-bred face not exactly answered the other coolly my man told me that you wished to see me in london and of course i found your card when i returned i regret that i could not see you then but i had to come back here on business to see your elderly relative no doubt bellaria dundee precisely well why fence in this way reb 
asked the young man you have heard from valeria that i yes interrupted the major leaning forward and gripping the arms of his chair with an angry expression on his face valeria has told me of your secret visits to the pixies house i must say that you have behaved very badly haskins this is not the kind of thing i expected from you really gerald raised his eyebrows we have not been intimate that you should expect me to consider your feelings since my future wife was your mother's friend and is yours said reb with dignity i was quite willing to admit you to a certain degree of intimacy now the case is altered because i love your ward no because you went by stealth to see her if you had come to me i could have explained her unhappy condition i am quite certain that you could retorted gerald looking straight at his enemy as he was convinced the major was but is there any need of an explanation every one hereabouts declares that miss durham is insane and not responsible for her actions a flash of pleasure came and went in reb's dark eyes for the moment and then he looked hypocritically sad poor girl it is only too true i don't agree with you there said haskins quietly indeed on what grounds i have had several interviews with mavis and i am quite certain that she is as sane as you or i if so why should i shut her up ask your own conscience reb struck his hand fiercely on the table you go too far haskins in saying that i am not forced to account for my actions to you you may not think so said gerald feeling that they were coming to close quarters but i do i love mavis and wish to marry her it is out of the question why she is as i declare insane if you married her she would probably murder you in your sleep i am willing to take the risk said haskins with a contemptuous smile he saw that reb was trying to make the best of his position i am not willing that you should retorted the major ah but the decision lies with me mrs crosby reb looked furious what has mrs crosby to do with this matter has she not told you told me what i have heard nothing from mrs crosby gerald privately apologized to himself for having doubted the little woman but determined to have no further misunderstanding he spoke out i saw mrs crosby when i was in london and asked her to help me to marry mavis not even for mrs crosby's sake can i consent to that a marriage of that kind would be a sin how dare you tell my private affairs to my future wife and reb again struck the table gently major gently i am not to be intimidated i asked mrs crosby to help me as she is my mother's old friend and i have known her much longer than you have she refused to help me ah cried reb gratified i knew that she loved me but she agreed to keep what i had told her a secret from you for at least a month on condition that i took no steps meanwhile to run away with mavis from what you say i understand that she has kept her promise and i have done her an injustice i fancied from your sudden departure to this place that she had told you mrs crosby has told me nothing said reb coldly i came down here because i heard that bellaria had been up to see me also i had a line from geary saying that something was wrong i came down at once and was informed that you had been spying out my private affairs don't call hard names major said gerald coolly 
i admit that i was wrong to speak to mrs crosby seeing that she is engaged to you but i am putting that right by coming here for an explanation and i absolve mrs crosby from her promise but i was not wrong in obeying the invitation of the sealed message any young man in my position would have done the same ah the cylinder cried reb angrily valeria told me of that as mavis confessed to her what she had done who would have thought that the girl would have communicated with the world in that way why should she not communicate with the world asked gerald sharply reb saw that in his hurry he had made a mistake and tried to get out of it why because she is crazy and for that reason she has not been taught to read or write exactly the doctor said that if she were educated or if her brain was subjected to any strain her homicidal mania would be intensified out of sheer pity for the unfortunate girl i have had her kept in ignorance i see said haskins thinking that the excuse was extremely skilful then mr arnold taught her nothing reb started the cigar fell from his fingers and he turned pale the mention of the name evidently worried him not a little what do you know of mr arnold he demanded only that he is or was mavis's tutor in some sort of odd way and that reminds me mrs jennings of the prince's head gave me a message for you major mr arnold she says has returned from australia and is in the neighbourhood stale news haskins said reb recovering his wits geary found out at least a week ago that arnold was travelling round the country in a kind of gipsy caravan selling books it was about arnold that geary wrote to me i came down to see into the matter as arnold is a rascal but i also learned on my arrival from valeria that you had been taking an interest in my affairs and he sneered in the affairs of the woman i hope to make my wife said gerald imperturbably reb rose stiffly mr haskins he said in a most ceremonious manner had you come to me in the first place and without acting in this underhand manner i should have told you that such a marriage is impossible i tell you so now and beg to end this interview gerald rose also as you please major Reb. after all he paused at the door six thousand a year is worth fighting for Reb gasped again turned pale and fell back into his chair End of chapter 13